Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas and welcome back to the Two Beers Pod Christmas Preview Special. I'm your host, Jordan Claus. I'm here with the Mrs. Claus to my Mr. Claus, Drew. Hello, Drew. I, I'm just, I don't even know what to say to, <laughs> to what just happened there. I, uh, I was expecting something much different to your surprise intro, but, uh, yeah, sure. yeah, let's, yeah let's, boy. let's roll with it. Yeah, welcome back to the Two Beers Pod. We got a fun show here today, y'all. Um, the reason I came in hot with the, with the whole Santa Claus intro is because this is our Christmas preview, um, and we got some fun things we're going to cover. Drew, why don't you tell the crew what's on tap? All right, we got uh, we got the debut of our rough cut of our intro jingle to the Two Beers podcast, and a special yeah. guest to introduce us to that. Uh, we're going to jingle all the way to our Christmas top five movies. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a little Peaky Blinders season one synopsis recap. All things Peaky, which we talked about last week on the show that we were going to do. Beer two, we're going to recap the Spence Garcia fight. We're going to talk about some of the upcoming fights this Saturday. I've been looking forward to this Saturday for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk a little... Very, very little against my will. <laughs> the NHL, and for some reason, the NFL, because that's apparently <laughs> still a thing. So, and then of course, yeah. we're gonna do the parlay after we started talking all that shit about how great we were. We have, we literally are two for the money. The movie with McConaughey and Al Pacino. That guy goes from picking eighty percent winners to just like being terrible and like being in the hole millions of dollars, and that's where yeah. we are now. So, yeah. Well, that's. But yeah. we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna keep it rolling. Gotta I got a good. I got a good feeling about my picks this week. They're Me gonna, they're gonna be too. Great. All right. So, um, you know, we're we're, uh, we're gonna bring in our our guest right now, Steve Cancellari. He is our pot. He is our jingle creator and performer. Steve, welcome to the Two Beer Podcast, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And now that we got Steve live, let's all get our cans ready for the two brew salute. I pre, I... yeah. I had a Drew. premature, premature snap there. That, that was, was a premature snap. So what's everybody got drinking here, Drew? What you got? I got a uh, Toppling Goliath Brewing Company pseudo pseudo sue pale ale. Nice. Yeah, we've had a couple of those on on this show. Oh yeah. Steve, how about yourself, brother? Um, I do have two today. I am leading off with the Stranger Than Fiction Porter. Um, mm, Porter actually, for the cool weather. It hails from Canada. Nice. I am, uh, personally, I am back to the Trogues wagon. And bought it specifically for the Christmas episode, Mad Elf. Here we go. Oh, yes. Love it. Get in there. I'm going to be crunk by the time we get to beer number two. What's the percentage on that one? Oh, wait, let me see. It's on here. Um, um, 11%. Ooh, it's oh, a yeah. doozy. Yeah, Mad Elf doesn't mess around. They have a, uh, oh, I have it in my garage. They have another Christmas, Christmas-themed Christmas uh, beer as well that I've been waiting to try. I should have brought that out, but this is this Is this the Blizzard of Hops, the one I've been name. drinking? Is that, What's is that? The Blizzard of Hops, that's the one I've been drinking. Nah, the there's, another, there's another one. I'll have to, okay. I'll have to drink it next week. All right, so Steve, 
We're here to talk about the jingle, sir. Yep. That's you know, it. when, when um, me being the whole mastermind behind this pod, um, when I thought it up, I was like, you know. <laughs> well, let's well, go. Sure, laughing, sure. Let's 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 stay in fantasy land. <laughs> so I was like, you know, we de- let's we got to do this right if we're going to do this. Drew, like I may have mentioned this on on episode one, but like Drew has been saying for years, dude, we need a podcast. I'm like, all right, you know what, we're doing it. So I was like, we're doing it right. We're getting a jingle, our our own jingle. We're not taking anybody else's song. And so I reach, I work with Steve at the bank, and I'm just like, Steve, are you willing to do this? And he was all about it. Yeah. So immediately. Yeah. So uh, I, I I explained to him the outline of the show, and and he asked, you know, what kind of uh, music do you and Drew listen to? And I said, well, we both like country. And so he kind of just went from there. So what? After I gave you that, Steve, like, wh- what was the process of kind of like, did you just, did you do, do you do lyrics first? Did you, did you just kind of start strumming or, or that, what do you, what do you do after that? That's a, that's a good question. Everybody, um, everybody kind of asks that. I've, I've actually written a few different songs, including a, uh, a song that my mother and I, we uh, danced to at my wedding. Oh, wow. And that's cool. nice. so, and I think I've. I think I let you listen to some of it, which may or may not have prompted this request. I think it did. Actually. Otherwise, it was that was a pretty random request that was right on because <laughs> I was willing to do this immediately. Um, but no, whenever I I try to think of something, I just start strumming, start playing, and just belting out whatever comes to my mind. And sooner or later, something sort of feels right, and then you you kind of massage it. Um, oh, and Drew, then, Drew loves massages. I I. There was so much I could have went with there in that whole like two sentences, but I didn't want to interrupt your flow since, uh, since yep. you're the guest. But yeah, Break in whenever of, you need to. There was a lot of good material in there. <laughs> so um, that, that's how it started. That's so for, it, for for this one, when when you started playing, like, when did the lyrics start to come together? Almost immediately? Like, were there different sets of lyrics? Like, I think once I kind of got the melody with, I'd say a general cadence to it, like then the lyrics just started coming out, and I sort of held true to those for for the the whole process. Um, and then you know we kind of kind of talked about speeding it up and pulled back on a couple, but a lot of the original um, basis of what was written is still there, um, but probably more like a, a two step type version of it. Gotcha. Yeah, and so um, now, just to give everyone perspective, um, Steve and I were working on this. We had a jam session. We're on episode nine now, so nine weeks. And Steve and I were working on this probably three or four weeks before the pod started. And, you know, just kind of one thing led to another, and I just told Steve we need to start. And he was like, all right, I'll keep working on it. Um, So we, there's like three or four or five iterations, like, not even like different melodies of the song that we've kind of played with. So it's, it's been fun. Um, at this point, should we play the song or or do, or do you want to say the lyrics first just so people could, uh, I'll, I'll play it first and see, see if everybody can figure it out and, and then we'll come back with the lyrics. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking through my, uh, my garage band and I think I have somewhere close to 15 different iterations and that doesn't even count how many times I changed it within different drafts. So, <laughs> nice. um, every time, just I open a beer and 
and try again, try again. So, nice. all right. Another, just another softball for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's hear it. This is the debut. Let's hear it. All right, here it is. First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Yeah. Charlie, Charlie Harper couldn't have done it better himself. <laughs> I, I wanted to get a little bit of, little bit of twang there at the end. So. Yeah, yeah, it's good, and it, it it's I have it on the computer. It's gonna sound even better once I blend it all in. We're we're using this site, and I don't know. We got to like play things like through our mics and stuff. But uh, uh, man, I am so pumped to finally have the jingle. Um, it is great. Um, Did you share how I recorded it? No, and where I recorded no, it? No, no, please do. Yeah, so um, oh, this is gonna be right up Drew's alley too. Yeah, this. this I, was, I think I already know the answer to this, but go ahead. <laughs> this was unique. Um, I do not have a uh, a formal recording studio. Surprise! Um, I've I've been in them a couple times, and one of the guys that I uh, I worked with the one time for fun. Everything I've done is for fun. He was like, "Yeah, go into a like a shower or a bathroom. You always it, it always has good acoustics." So. I was literally in our shower with with <laughs> towels hanging over, trying to to capture the right vibration coming off of these walls that you know it's tile walls. <laughs> so I have a chair, I have a musical stand, I have a guitar, and I have a couple beers. And that I've I've never sat there in normal clothes on a chair in a shower before. <laughs> and uh, that that's where that's where the magic happened. That's Someone with an ice cream scooper, right, Drew? What's what, what's that line from? What some is that? It's like yeah, what's some? She did this thing with an ice cream scooper. Uh is it ice cream? Are you you feather duster? You uh, feather duster? Well, that's that's two and a half. That's men, two and a half. Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool, Steve. That is awesome. So, um, in the shower, and then oh, do you want to just say say the lyrics in case anybody didn't catch them? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, the first set is first round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. And then the second is second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. Mm-hmm. So first round, second round, you can kind of get the theme of, of what I was getting at. There the definitely is a, there's a sports and, and beer-related uh, thought process. Yeah, so um, the, the funny part... Um, which I always laugh with Steve is one of the original lyrics, which we switched to make it count. The original lyric was open count. And we were like, yeah, like in baseball when it's like zero, zero, it's an open count. And, <laughs> and everyone we talked to was like, is that a thing? And we're like, I was say, there's maybe five people that know that. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. So we like, we Googled it and it's not on the internet. And I consulted my dad, who I consider to be all things baseball. And he was like, no, that's that's not a thing. And I, we were like, oh, we're like, do we keep it like for funsies? Like, it's <laughs> always if, a, if Woodrow says it's not a thing, then it's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had had everything going against us between the internet and and your dad. So I had to had to make the executive decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that will be. I I uh, 
I'm, I'm learning this website and how to splice everything in, but that'll that'll be part of the pod moving forward. Um, if I can, I'll, I'll make it as our outro at the end of this one, and then it'll be the intro um, moving forward. But um, yeah, man, that, that that is great, Steve. Thank you so much for yeah, for the efforts. It. Yeah, I'm um, happy to do it, and I need you to know one thing that okay. um, ever since I started this i don't think my wife has ever stopped mentioning every time she sees me with my guitar that jordan now has a song written for him and she still doesn't after 11 <laughs> oh, years man. of marriage so that's right see yeah i'm, I, I'm living I, I, in I, a we've known each other for what three or four years for yes. something like that and that that's just how quick of an impact i had she, it, I, i've been able to accomplish in four years which she yeah. has not in 11 the lyrics just, I mean, they were pouring out of me. The, the musical mm-hmm. uh, genius, for you know, lack of a better word, um, just, you know, whenever I feel inspired, it's, it's easy. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, man. I'm awesome. kidding, Susie. I'm, so, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Oh, she's, <laughs> she's, she's listening. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's listening. Everybody's listening. All right, well, um, let's, let's put a bow on the... Uh, on, on the uh, intro to the jingle, and let's jingle all the way to our Christmas top five, which we've invited Steve to uh, stay on for. Um, so basically, premise here is you know we're given our top five favorite Christmas movies. You use your own criteria. Um, you know ours is you know some people say like oh is Batman really a Christmas movie? We don't know. We don't care. Define it yourself. Do it if you think it is, then it is. But we're going to go in reverse order, as we want to do. And um, let's start with Steve. You got your number five? Yes, I do. Um, Yeah, number five for me is a uh, recent ad in the past couple years. And it falls right in line with the idea of, is it a Christmas movie or a movie at the time of Christmas? Okay. And um, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Good good pick. Nice. Love it. Love it. So many great quotes of movies coming out of that one. Uh, yeah, good. I, I like that one. I, I hadn't even realized uh, that that took place at Christmas. I haven't seen it in probably 10 years. And as I was uh, refreshing my memory for this, I, uh, it popped up. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess that was taking place during Christmas. Yeah, nice. Christmas isn't complete with just an absolutely hammered Dan Aykroyd in a Santa suit stealing <laughs> oh, so salmon. <laughs> it's like JL on Christmas Eve when he's rocking his kids to sleep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, or or any other night for that matter. Uh, Drew, what's your number five? Oh man, this was this was tough. I really really wanted to get the fat man in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I got to see it. I got to see it a couple more times to get it to get it to be fully in my top five. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want what our 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 friend uh, Macaulay Culkin. I went Home Alone. Home okay. Alone one at number five. Uh, it's rewatchable. Uh, you know, it's funny. I like the cast. You know, you can't beat. Um, you know, Joe Pesci, early 90s, maybe one of the best actors um, mm-hmm. of that decade. So the Wet Bandits, they're just a Christmas <laughs> staple. The Wet Bandits, yeah. No, and so for my number five, Drew, I'm the same way, man. Like, I, I actually have not even finalized my number five. I got, like, four of them here. Oh, God. And Fat Man is one of them. And I'm just going to say on the fly right now, of these ones, if I had to pick one to watch, 
I'm gonna say Fat Man because okay, I, ne- I need to see it more. I'm like you, I need to see it more to make sure. So as I sit here today, I'm gonna say Fat Man. The other ones there were in contention was the animated Disney Christmas Carol. So that's where like Mickey was like Bob Cratchit. I think and... I mean we're we're all all over thirty. I think we know what that is. Oh yeah. Oh sweet. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I just watched it. Two days ago with my kids. Yeah, I mean Disney's a Christmas Carol. Then we know yeah. what that is. Okay, cool. I, all right, all right. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol was in contention, and then uh, the Gr- the boo. Grinch. I, I see. I agree though. Muppet Christmas Carol. I had to bump out just because the Marley and Marley, like that Marley. That's not even like a character, right? Yeah, or is no. this a single character? They it's like a threw character. that. Yeah, yeah, they threw that in there, and and plus that scared the crap out of me as a kid so <laughs> as as lame as this sounds because probably most people didn't like it the only muppet movie that i can even watch is the one they recently did with jason siegel that was a good one yeah i like his like fake little brother walter or whatever the whistler was. walter the whistler yeah my yeah, kids walter were cracking just, up at uh, that yeah <laughs> yeah me and my wife were big fans of walter so that's really yeah. the only one i can actually watch every yeah. other one i'm just like yeah this is stupid i wasn't a kermit the frog guy growing up um, but then I was th- throwing Grinch in there too, and honestly, I can't. Now the the live action one, that's right out. Forget that. Oh, crap. terrible! But no, the terrible. old one and the new one that has Tyler the Creator singing, "You really are a mean one. You really are a heel." That's a that that's a good little show. Me, my kids like that one. So those were all in contention. I reserve the right to change it, but for right now, I Fat Man is like the recency bias. I just watched it. Fat Man number five. Yeah, That's Grinch. Uh, Grinch actually was one of my honorable mentions, along with Fat Man. Nice. Um, all right, Steve, number four. All right. Well, um, Home Alone. That that was my number four. We go. And Keep it rolling. It, it's almost one of those things where I, I think it gets such a bad rap. It's almost it's like a guilty pleasure now, I guess. And uh, I always think about the movie Dogma, like whenever I watch it and how Selma Hayek kind of rips the movie. And it's like someone must have sold their soul to the devil to make that a hit, and <laughs> I'm always like, ooh, I feel, I feel kind of bad liking this movie, but uh, it, without it, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. Agreed. Side note: Selma Hayek, Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, Drew, what's your four? Uh, my four is Elf, Buddy the Elf, Will Ferrell, uh, John Favreau. Right as he was starting to come into his own as a, uh, a director, I'm pretty sure he directed that one. Um, if not, it's just, it sounds right. It's just it's just funny, Farrell. Um, you know, he's just a, a real life elf making his way to New York City. Uh, as you was, just said, really we're human, all over so. thirty. If you haven't seen it, get get out of your hole that you're living in. Touche, touche on that one. So yeah, I'm gonna come in at elf. All right, my number four. I'm coming in at, and this is just so funny because you just talked crap on the Muppets, but this is a very specific one: Muppet Family Christmas, and. People may not have seen this one because it may have went straight to TV. I'm not sure, honestly. Um, I have a copy of it. And, Drew, this is hilarious because uh, the copy of it, a friend gave it to me a while back. And it, the, it was broadcast in in 1994 because it talks about New Year's Eve, 1990, like 1995. Like, what's 1995 going to bring? Like, in the commercials. Okay. But um, th- this movie is... Um, like uh, the dude from Fraggles with with the dog Sprocket, he rents Fozzie's mom's country house for a nice quiet Christmas, but then all the Muppets end up coming to stay at, at Fozzie's mom's, 
for Christmas, like on a whim, and then like the Sesame Street characters show up, and then the Fraggles show up, and it ends up just being like a big like conglomeration of like all of the Jim Henson peeps, and um, it's like it's sh relatively short, like 70, 80 minutes, um, and it is awesome. So you, so you went with a straight it. straight to DVD release as your number three. Number four, but yeah, dude, it's fantastic. Oh, it's that's just, you, that's that's why you're the Murtal of the podcast, by the way. The Murtal. <laughs> that's why. Getting too old for this shit. All right, Steve, what do you what do you got at three after that riveting synopsis of the friggin' Mupp the Muppets DVD release Christmas? Oh, Carol. it's fantastic. Number three, the thing that makes me laugh about this is Jordan literally just was like, "You don't have to say a movie like this as your as your favorite whenever we talk about it." But it is, it's a wonderful life. And I, I actually almost have made the argument, it's not so much a Christmas movie until like the last five minutes, but I love it. I think it's so good um, that I, I watch it every year and I've already watched it. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I feel like me, me and Jordan were uh, joking about that the other day just because <laughs> I, like, I know what it is. I know it's like probably from a, a story and like an acting and all that standpoint, it's probably, that probably would be like one or two for everybody. It's just so hard. It's so hard for me to rewatch it. I don't know yeah. why. Well, I always like secretly wish that the the alternate end, ending from uh, SNL is going to happen, where they like realize that Mr. Potter steal, stole the, the uh, eight thousand dollars, and then they go and just like beat his ass, and you know he gets away with it in the movie, which pisses me off. Um, but all that aside, the uh, the rest of it is very very heartwarming. I watched it one time. I enjoyed it. I don't remember it. <laughs> it's a good um, Okay, so Drew, we're up to your number three. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was actually watching this with my wife last night, and I don't know if I just have it on here because it's just on like eight times um, a week during the month of December. But uh, I got four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon as my number three. It's yeah, just, I have to admit, I've never seen it. It's it's funny. Again, it's rewatchable. It's it's Vince Vaughn before he got way too like heavy. Vince, well, puffy, sure. Uh, <laughs> before he got in that Vince Vaughn shtick, where like he just played every basically, same, yeah. basically everything was written for him to be um, to where be his character from fast wedding. and just yell like erroneous. Yeah, for yeah, his his character from Wedding Crashers basically. Right. Um, you know, it's good. Uh, Favreau's in it. Um, Tim McGraw's in it. Is really funny. Robert Duvall. Like the cast. The cast is just really great. And then. Um, I was gonna say, and again, Reese Witherspoon, Roll Tide, she's phenomenal. That is true. Um, yeah, it's really funny. If you haven't watched it, Jay, you should you should try to watch it. It's on it's on TBS, AMC, USA all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, no, it's, gotcha. it's got a lot. Of, and there's even a Swingers cameo from one of the uh, what do you call it? Our guy. Um, oh God, who's got the girl's name in Swinger? We just talked about this. The other Sue. Oh, yeah, Sue. Sue makes a small cameo, which is nice. probably the best five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Not. Not to deviate from the Christmas side, but Vince Vaughn, I just got a text from a buddy yesterday saying, we have to watch his new movie, Freaky. Oh, okay. God, shut up. Have you have you seen shut this? Shut up. <laughs> no. I, I, just, I, I, I thought it was a joke trailer at first, and then I saw it was real. Are you telling me that's a good movie, that your friend recommends this thing? He hasn't seen it, but um, it's from the makers of Happy Death Day, which I actually kind of liked Happy Death Day. I thought it was kind of funny, and um, I'm a Vince Vaughn fan. Have you, so, have you seen this trailer, Jo? No, I have not. It's Freaky Friday, but with like <laughs> Vince Vaughn as a oh, serial killer. He's a serial killer. <laughs> oh, 
No, I'm and he not. And switch- he's got, like, a magical knife that switches switches his body with, like, a hot TV. Ooh, I love yeah. magical knives. Right? It's, um, it's, all right. Yeah, I love Vaughn, too. Like, I, you know, he uh, he did some, some clunkers there for a while after yeah. Wedding Crashers, but, I mean, overall, I mean, Vaughn's... Vaughn's just top top notch. My yeah. favorite comedy uh, comedy yeah. actors. Uh, well, my number three is Home Alone, and um, okay. I had it ranked higher than you guys. Um, so, what does that make me smart? Um, <laughs> okay, Steve, your number two. Number two, um, a Christmas Carol, but it is a very specific one. Um, okay, it's got to be the George C. Scott version. Which one? Uh, is that the old one? It no, like the older ones, like the Alistair Sims, I think is what a lot of people uh, gravitate towards. Okay, He's, what's the George C. Scott one? Um, well, it's just a, a slightly newer version, I guess, compared to to the Alistair Sims version. Okay, like um, what? But what? his his portrayal of um, of Scrooge is is just the one I prefer. So, what year was it? God, it's got to be like the. Late eighties, eighties. Okay. Um, huh. But look for it. It's a. Uh, it's not on a lot, um, but it is. In my opinion, there's an ongoing battle in the family, but uh, in my opinion, I think that is the the best one. Okay. Steve, you see the. Uh, you see the one they just put out on FX a couple of years ago with um, Tom Hardy. The uh, it's like the FX series. Yeah. Yeah. I I tried to watch it. A bunch of different ways, but I, I didn't have the. It. Is it any good? Uh, oh, oh, you meant you couldn't fight? You couldn't actually get it to watch it. Yeah, I, I couldn't get it to uh, watch okay, it. Yeah, no, I, I just couldn't get through. It was too long. Like I just, I don't know what it was. Like I'm a big Tom Hardy fan, so anything he's in, I go and watch. But I just, I don't know. I it insisted on itself, so I, I, I couldn't get through it. Got you. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, I did. That was out of left field. I didn't expect that, but that's good stuff. Um. Drew, what was your number two? I was gonna. I, ho- I was hoping this was kind of gonna be a. Oh wow, I didn't realize it was a Christmas movie, but you kind of ruined it in the intro. So thanks a lot for that, Dick. Uh, Batman Returns is my number two. By I Henry. never realized that was at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It starts with the lighting of the Christmas tree in uh, in in downtown Gotham, um, and then the Penguins crew breaks it up. Mm. Uh, I I I will go to war with anybody that wants to tell me that Michael Keaton is not the best Batman. Um, so I dig I dig the first Batman and the second Batman um, more than any of these other ones. Oh really? Over Christian Bale? Oh yeah, for sure. Michael, I am Michael, totally with you. Michael totally Keaton. You. Michael Keaton is the best Batman. The Dark Knight is probably the best Batman movie, but that's mainly because of Heath Ledger. That's not because of Christian Bale. Yes. Um, Oh, uh, we should do a whole. We, maybe we'll bring you back on, Steve. Well, maybe we'll do a Batman, uh, a Batman pod. But yeah, yeah. I, I think Keaton's just perfect. Like he plays might be Bruce replaced Bruce. here. What's going on? <laughs> he just, he just, uh, yeah. He well, Steve's certainly not a Murtaugh, so I don't know if we need a Murtaugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think Keaton just he just perfectly embodies what you know Bruce Wayne is um, being replaced, sort of like uh, Bruce uh, or uh, Michael Keaton got replaced by Christian Bale in the hearts of Batman lovers. Uh, I. I, again, I, and I attribute that just more to Nolan, and you know Nolan's directing and storytelling, really and again, be. like Heath, Heath Ledger made The Dark Knight. I mean, he won a freaking Academy Award for yeah. it. So Chris, Christian Bale didn't win an Academy Award for his stupid "Oh Batman," like his I, voice. I, like, I, I do not. Uh, okay. I uh, am I probably one of my one of my top ten favorite scenes in a movie of all time is the beginning of this one after they uh, the Penguins crew starts breaking up the. Uh, 
the tree lighting and then you just see the bat signal come in in this big this big uh, library in Wayne Manor and then you see Keaton rise up in like the middle of the bat signal it's it's awesome so Batman Returns my number two Christmas movie Michelle Pfeiffer early 90s roll tide yeah yeah good call there um, all right and Christopher no, Walken's cool. in it which you know is pretty cool because Walken's awesome yeah puts on his pants just like the rest of us um one leg at a time anyway um my number two is uh, A Christmas Story. That's the one with, Ralphie, I can't put my arms down, Ralphie. So that's that's my number two. That's the one they play 24 hours straight on like TNT, TNT or TBS, TBS or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know it's like cliche and everything, but I friggin' love it. It is, I, I laugh every time. Was it, it, uh, every year. Was it Was it you who had the lamp in college or was that uh, our, buddy, is, our buddy Goaf? It is three feet from me, right as we speak. Ah, uh, that's right. It was. It was you. you had, I do you have, have the, light it. the the uh, the warm glow of electric sex is not uh, lit right now, um, but it should be. Good call. Um, I yeah, have it. I have it too. Mini version. Oh, yeah, I got the mini one too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And crazy. As Drew said I've had it since college. Yeah, I've had it for like twenty years. So crazy, crazy, crazy thing. I just realized. I sent Jo this text the other day. The kid who plays Ralphie is like an actual like guy who's still acting. Yep. Um. The only th- the thing that I just I know him from is the breakup with Vince Vaughn. Um, he's like that. He's Jennifer Aniston's like best friend's husband who like tries to eat that potato chip, and then he's like, "Those are my chips." And then asks Vince Vaughn for his bowling shirt. Uh, I-, I had no idea that guy was friggin' Ralphie from A Christmas Story. My mind was blown. He's also in another Christmas movie. He's in Elf. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, he's he's, he's like pa- is he he's not Papa Elf, right? He's like one of the no. He's the one elf that was like great. Great idea with the uh, special talents thing, and then that's, that's Ralphie. Well, the the kid with the 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 one with the glasses, and then the one that he's talking to is the one that I think that gets smashed or something whenever he passes out and and lands right. on him. Yeah, I I had no idea. I was on IMDb looking up uh, looking up some stuff the other day, and I saw it and I was like, "Are you shitting me? That's Ralphie from friggin' Christmas Story." Who so, knew? Fun, that fun that house is in Cleveland, by the way. The the Oh really? Yeah, it's like it's like where people visit it all the time in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, there's not much else in that shithole, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there, were, there was there was I was I was there once for our buddy's wedding. I'll never go back. It was just, it was just the the city is depressing. It's no no one's lying when they say Cleveland's awful. No offense, Adam, but it stinks. Adam doesn't listen. It's if if there was a box score, he would listen. He would just look at that. <laughs> oh man! All right, what, what do you, what do you guys want, Steve? One. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see this. Uh, oh, no, J.O., right. you're two, right? No, wait, no, you just did That was two. my Steve, two, yeah, what's your Ralphie. One? So we're, we're down to everybody's number one. Steve, your number one movie. My number one movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I was I was waiting to see if somebody was going to put that on the list. It is an absolute staple, and my father wore the exact same clothes to put up <laughs> our lights, including the puffy jacket and the cursive letter football hat only it was the Steelers um he also had the same type of flannel it was it's him so that uh that's not the only reason there's a million and one reasons um and if we do movie quotes at some point uh during this we can do a dozen of them but that movie is tops for me true nice Nice, I like it uh I'm going back to the the six-year-old child of myself and I actually did pick Mickey's Mickey's Christmas uh Get out of town. <laughs> yeah. 
the, the, one, uh, uh, my, the one I was toggling for number five. That's awesome. That's that's my number one, man. I, I still, it's on my DVR. I don't know. I mean, I have Disney Plus. So I don't know why it's on my DVR, but uh, yeah, man, just something. I'm uh, just something about. Uh, it's really good. It is. It really is. Yeah, good. Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, I'm a big duck guy too. Like I, I like I like Scrooge McDuck. I like Donald Duck. Darkwing Duck's probably my favorite yeah, Disney character. I mean, is there uh, I, we've is there a way that we could possibly get uh, Scrooge on or uh, um, Donald Duck on the pod today? Maybe possibly. It. Yeah, I, I bet you if we uh, if we made a call, we could probably get him. And, All right. Uh, let me let me let me dial him up. Donald, are you there, Don? Yes. <laughs> What do you what do you think about Christmas movies, Donald? Well, Merry Christmas, <laughs> Mr. That's just, that's just uncanny. Oh, yeah, you gotta explain this, everybody. Steve Cancellari does a spot-on Donald Duck, and we did not plan to go there during this pod. Whatsoever. Certainly did not. Mm-mm. That was. So I'm glad. Organic. I'm glad that I. I I'm glad it. that I didn't uh, wimp out and not want to pick that out to seem, to seem corny. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a a great unexpected segue to that. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> yeah, and um, for anybody listening, that that tends to be a uh, a special guest anytime I'm talking with with Jordan and uh, his kids jump on. So yeah, they always exactly. get a chance to talk with Donald. Dad, you talking to some Steve? questions? We, we, yeah, we want to talk to Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Seriously, call Disney Plus, man. They gotta need voice extras. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Maybe if they're listening, bring it. They are. Everybody's listening. Um, now, which Jay, is obviously I'm, our I'm new full, tagline. I'm fully anticipating your number one to be Jingle All the Way Part Two. <laughs> no, no. Christmas, Christmas Vacation National Lampoons. Katie and I watch it year-round. No, no, I'm not going to lie. I bought the uncensored version on Amazon so I could just queue it up. It is the best. Um, Steve has actually pointed out a lot of stuff to me that I've, I've missed over the years. Uh, one, the number one that comes to mind is when they're uh, walking down the aisle in the store and, and um, um, Eddie is admitting that you know he doesn't have any gifts for the kids and he's just piling up just excuse me bag after bag of dog food and clark puts like a light bulb on top and eddie just smashes it (laughs) (laughs) with like old roy like two huge bags of old roy yeah just annihilates the light bulb oh my gosh yeah that and then he then he grabs his crotch which is yeah totally not expected and nobody catches it but he like grabs and pulls up, and his whole body like goes up, and then he keeps walking in his in his blue leisure suit. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's one of my favorite movies, let alone Christmas movies. I just I love it. Um, what's Johnny Galecki is uh, who from Big Bang is he's uh, son, Leonard he's right, from Big he's Bang. He's the original. Uh, yep, he's in Goonies. He's Ru- in that. He's in all kinds of stuff. Is it Rusty or Russ? Russ. Rusty. Both. Yeah, well, both. both. Yeah. yeah. Um, Side note: Beverly D'Angelo, right? 1980s Roll Tide. I do not remember him in Goonies. Wait, I think I made that up. I think I conflated him and Sean Astin. Oh, you're totally yeah. He yep. wasn't in Goonies. No way. What was? But he was in um, Roseanne. But he was in something yeah. else. He was, right? he was David. He was Darlene's boyfriend in Roseanne. Yep. And but what else he was he? In? He actually was in ah, the Connors, Dang it! The I can't remember. Anyway, okay. Um, so I think that. That puts a bow on, on Christmas movies. I hope everybody enjoyed that. We spent some time on it, but man, tis the season, y'all. Tis the season. That it is. And we're, we're uh, 
and don't don't feel disappointed. We're definitely going to be doing a Christmas Eve pod since that's a Thursday, I think, right? I mean, that's got to oh. be a thing. Talk about jingle all the way. People people I, are going to need something to be wrapping uh, wrapping presents. I was going to say I might be wrapping presents. We might we might have to record Wednesday, brah. But um, I can pull that. Any hoodles, um, Steve? You want to uh, wait in the wings, and then we'll bring you back for the parlay. Great. Does that sound good? That works for me. All right. You, uh, you, are you a peaky, peaky guy, Steve? I tried to get into that. Um, not that it wasn't interesting. It, it came at a bad time where we had a couple other shows going. Okay. And then it just kind of faded off. But I think actually my wife has seen more than I have. She could probably actually contribute to this call. This call. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I have not. She will enjoy then. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back. Now it's time to do some... Do some, Drew, if you got it ready, go ahead and play it. Do some peaky. On a gathering storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. Yes, sir. I hope everybody watched season one this past week. God, that music just gets you gets you so pumped. Oh, it's on my, right, uh, right it's on my workout mix. Um. Okay, so we uh, we said we were gonna review season one. Drew, why don't you just start running with him? We'll just, we'll just get right into it. Set us All up. All right. So, Peaky fucking Blinders. Uh, <laughs> Peaky Blinders. Just a quick just a quick overview for anyone that doesn't watch the show or hasn't watched it yet, because I know you're going to after this. Uh, it's a British historical crime drama television series. It's actually loosely based on the real Peaky Blinders that were an urban youth criminal gang based in Birmingham, England around the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, The series actually stars Killian Murphy as the main character, Thomas Shelby. For anybody who doesn't know who that is, he played Scarecrow in Batman Begins since we were just going on a little Batman tangent. Um... It takes place. He's a gangster operating during the aftermath of World War One, um, and that's kind of where we kick things off for season one. Mm-hmm. So first, just to give you some of the key players here in season one, of course you got Thomas Shelby, who we just talked about. He is the second-born of the Shelby, the Shelby brothers, who are basically they're they're part of a gypsy clan i guess you would call the peaky blinders a gang is that is that appropriate yeah yeah no yeah they're a gang um they they run a couple underground um like uh horse horse racing betting stables and um yeah it's run by the gang and um he even though he's not the oldest which is brought up a couple times he's he's the leader of the family and and the gang so yeah it's it's like the opposite of the godfather he's yeah yeah, where Fredo was the uh, the middle child, who was a waste. Thomas Shelby is the middle child, but the the leader of this clan. Um, he was uh, he served in World War One, um, and he actually was a decorated, basically a decorated war hero um, for Great Britain. I guess it goes through jail. I mean, they their big accomplishment was they were digging tunnels to. Yeah, um, so I mean, World War One had you know it was it was known for the trench warfare and the machine gun. It just an unspeakable amount of of casualties um so you know the whole digging and trench warfare stuff he he was in a some kind of i don't know what they have in britain if it's a platoon or brigade or whatever but his group was um they they dug it like like 
tunnels like they dug tunnels underground to like to kind of like try and flank their enemies and and that and that comes back to play in later seasons so that's why that's why i bring it up yeah um, yeah so that's tommy shelby uh the next big player i would say is arthur shelby mm-hmm. probably a huge fan favorite he is actually the eldest brother of the shelby gang um he's basically the enforce i call him the enforcer the hothead of the, of the crew of the blinders um he also served in the war, and he probably suffers the most from. I think Jordan, you know, Jordan mentioned it last week, uh, PTSD, which really, you know, really started to become a thing around this time. Uh, they kind of all have it, really. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense being World War One. So yeah. Um, number three, we got Polly Gray, who is the aunt. She's basically Aunt Polly. Um, yeah. She is the pot or the Shelby, the Shelby brothers' father's sister. Um, she's the matriarch of the family, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Um, it, she actually Tommy's the running. 1A, she's the 1B of, of making decisions yeah. in the yeah. family. She, they, they ran, the the women Tom- ran ran the uh, the clan when, when the men were away at war, so they, they kind of ran the gang. So. Yeah, and she's basically Tommy's uh, conciliary, I'll say, mm-hmm. as things go there. Um, so, yeah, like Jordan just said, she ran the blinders while the boys were off at war. Um, she also she thinks she has this like spiritual connection vibe going on. I'm not, it's uh, it's from being a gypsy, like and yeah, all that like, like okay, crazy yeah, just, gypsy like they can read the tea leaves and she you know in one of the episodes that we'll get to she she realizes that one of the sisters is pregnant just by the way she's sitting or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then John Shelby, who's the third oldest brother. Uh, no, also referred to as John Boy throughout the series. Uh, he served in the war. Season one, he doesn't have a big role, but it's big enough to where you know, I think he's, it's worth kind of qualifying him as one of the yeah, players. Yeah, and his role grows throughout the series. Yeah. Um, and then non-Shelby-related players, we got Grace Helen, who's she's a undercover agent for the Birmingham Police. Uh, her father was a former police officer who was killed by the IRA, which is what basically inspires her to uh, work work for the cops, the cop, the coppers. Yeah, uh, what's the IRA stand for? Irish. Uh, I, I meant to look this up, and I just I'll, I'll look it up I while you keep it. going. Yeah, you keep going. Um, and then the final player I think is really Chester Campbell. Uh, he is the chief inspector hired by Winston Churchill to investigate a stolen stolen guns. Uh, he did not fight in the war, which is hilariously Tommy reminds him as often as possible that he was not a war hero. Um, and his his role in this is to really capture the gun holders and uh, take down the Shelby gang at the same time. Yeah, the IRA is the Irish Republican Army, and ah, so they're kind of right. like they're kind of like revolutionaries almost um, in in Ireland. Um, but um, Inspector Campbell is played by. Um, Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park. Yeah, good call. Good call. Yeah, so that, that's that's fun. Um, any other? What do you think? Any other? Any other key players? Uh, the only other one I'll mention. Um, it's a smaller role, but kind of plays a key role here. Right in episode one is um, a guy who was in the war with them who has severe PTSD. Um, called Danny. Wh- they call him Danny Whizbang. A Whizbang was basically an IED, I guess. Um, back then and um i actually i should look that up but i think it was basically an ied um and so uh no i don't what was a whiz bang was it the type of grenade either way they call him danny he's he, he has ptsd he thinks he's a whiz bang in the war 
and he thinks he's like in with like um you know amongst the enemies or whatever and he he just he just blacks out and goes crazy and they gotta like snap him out of it and they're like dude you gotta stop doing this you know and because they don't know what ptsd ptsd is ptsd was just coming around world war one because of all this all these atrocities but um I mean, I'm sure it was there before yeah. that, but yeah, I guess he, yeah, I mean, he he serves a he serves he, a key role. He serves um, a unique role as we go. I wouldn't have had him as a player. I, I thought you were going to go Billy. Kipper, well, well, there's the leader, a co- he, the he just comes a up a couple game. different times th- to the point where it's worth a mention. Um, that's all. All right, so let's get into it. So episode one, episode one, we start off. Tommy Shelby rides into what I am going to call the Chinatown of Birmingham, England, on a horse. Um, and has a fake, basically a fake spell put on the racing horse as a, a sign of invincibility that this horse is going to win its next race. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, you, you convinced me to watch the show. Um, you and my, my neighbor, Matt, who dressed up in an awesome peaky costume for Halloween last year. So I gave it a chance. I almost didn't keep watching it after this scene because I don't like the weird. very opening scene. What's that? The very opening scene? The very opening, because I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like things that are weird, and so I thought maybe this was going to be some weird thing about witches, because I had no basis of the show. I just knew they wore these, like, these, like cool hats from, like, the 1900s. Um, <laughs> and so when this, like, witch is, like, blowing red red powder at this horse, I'm like, is this going to be it's a really Game of Thrones? It's witch, right? It was, just, it was just, like, a Chinese, like, because uh, they go to Chinatown, and it's a, it's like a seer or whatever. I don't know if I call yeah. it a witch. Either, either, either way, way, here nor there. I, all I saw, all I was thinking was, is this going to be the way, a game? By the way, a Whizbang is a small caliber, high velocity shell. So yeah. anyway, continue. I was just like, is this is this going to be a Game of Thrones red witch pooping out the smoke monster from Lost situation? So I almost <laughs> quit, but I was like, you know, what, let me let me let me stay at it. Um, so Tommy Shelby's riding out of town, saying, "Go ahead and bet this horse." Um, and then he ends up back at headquarter headquarter Shelby, uh, which is basically just a back a back of the. Uh, Back of the bar, good old bookie uh, location. So you kind of get into it that these guys are going to be fixing horse races. So that kind of sets the stage as to what they're doing, and their cover their cover business is, I guess, carburetors. Um, Shelby Company Limited. Yeah, yeah, they're in the auto industry a little bit, which is which is a budding industry. So there's like the the scene is like. Uh, it's Birmingham, so that's it's kind of almost like the Detroit. I don't, I don't know. I yeah, don't know I like if that's that. what Good they comparison. call it, but it's like it's just like this blue collar, gritty. Like the streets are kind of dirty and puddles and muddy, and like there's as many horses and carriages as there are cars at this point. Um, so yeah, there's just kind of like all these blue collar people, and um, yeah, so they they it's kind of like the auto industry, like the budding auto industry is like they're they're like their cover as you say drew right so um so that's the first few minutes it kind of sets the stage introduces some characters and then the you find out that the peaky blinders and one of their um you know one of their smuggling exercises they basically lucked into a huge case of stolen guns and this is going to be this is going to yeah one of the things they do is gin so they 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 like make under because it's i guess it's prohibition at the time and right, uh in yeah. in england so they they got this gin that they're brew this old gypsy recipe that they're they've been brewing and, and smuggling and like drew said on the docks they they try and smuggle this gin and lo and behold they just luck into like all like when we say guns like 
military like machine guns military uh, yeah. these, are, these are these are armed like they're they're arms armed to the teeth yeah yeah so um and you know every basically everybody in the shelby family is against trying to unload these because it's going to bring too much attention from the cops and as basically the whole theme as this show goes on season from season tommy's tommy's gonna tommy believes he can do anything and he is gonna do anything so mm-hmm. he tells tommy's him not the brains. to worry about he it he ain't consulting the family the family wants to do one thing, and Tommy's got a whole scheme. He's thinking four steps ahead, and they're thinking he's about playing. Right now. He's playing chess, not checkers. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, in comes in in comes uh, Winston Churchill. He assigns uh, Chief Inspector Campbell to uncover the mystery of the stolen guns. Along with him comes Grace, and so she's going to be an undercover agent. She actually gets enlisted to be the bar. I guess she's the barmaid at yes. the uh, the Shelby Pub, um, and yeah, that's. And then yeah, also another side story in the first episode. Their sister Ada is is a uh, is she dating a communist? Is he, he's not a communist, right? Or is he, Freddie? Yeah, he is. So she's dating a communist who's friends, who's a longtime friend of the Shelby family. The big thing there is that, you know, the Shelby brothers are incredibly feared. So, you know, fooling around out of uh, out of wedlock and living in sin with one of the sisters is probably a death sentence. Um, and then at the end, uh, to J.O.'s point, Danny goes a little crazy. Uh, does he kill, I think he kills somebody. Does he kill somebody? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, he, he's having an episode and... Um, it's an Italian um, baker or something that That's pulls right. a knife on him and was like, "Hey, get out of my like, get away from my store." And Danny Wisbang goes nuts and turns the knife on on the guy and kills the guy. And so now the Italians are like down there in the slum, like they want their pound of flesh. That's right. So they have to basically execute Danny to avoid a huge war. So yep. Episode episode one ends with. Uh, you know, Dan or Tommy, Tommy's uncle, who basically runs the river um, that leads out of Birmingham for imports and exports. They're gonna execute Danny. Uh, you hear the shot; he falls. Yeah. Dead. So, so basically, what it is is rather than the Italians killing Danny Wisbang, they're they're allowing Tommy the courtesy that Tommy gets to be the one to pull the trigger. So, imagine a narrow canal that is like, I don't know. Um, six or seven feet wide, maybe ten feet wide, um, with like concrete walls on either side, um, and it's probably like a five foot drop down into the canal, and and that's like for shipping purposes, obviously. And they and they which they have access to because of their auto industry. So they shoot Danny Wisbang, whose body falls directly into a cargo, just trolling boat, and just gets taken right out of town. Lo and behold. Danny Wisbang is not dead. So Danny Wisbang is going to go live in London and be Tommy's eyes and ears in London. That's right. So, And that it, sets the tone for the whole thing. Like, Because Tommy kills Danny Wisbang, so you think, and you're like, holy crap, Like this is ruthless. And then Danny's alive, and you're like, these dudes are shysters. Like, this is going to be wild. Yeah. So, so that's episode one. Uh, awesome setup for the season. Do you have a, do you have a favorite favorite line from episode no, one? No, I, I actually didn't get a favorite line from that one. My my favorite line is after Ada and uh, Freddy do the uh, do the hunk of chunka. He uh, he asks her a question about uh, about we call it something around communism, and she goes, 
<laughs> she's like, are you kidding me? The the second your balls are empty, it's back to politics. I don't know why yeah, that, yeah. that that cracked me up. So uh, that was a good one. Yeah. That that one quote uh, quote of the episode for me. All right, I think that's we did maybe that's that's episode one. Uh, episode episode two, uh, we get into it right away. Ada actually is pregnant, which things are not looking up for Freddie. Not only is he living in sin with one of the Shelby sister with the Shelby sister. Now now he's knocked her up. Um, she let she yeah, tells Paul. Intru- I don't know if we introduced Ada, but Ada is the sister of the Shelby. Brothers. I think I uh, I think I briefly touched on it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. She she's the sister. By of the way, the she's Shelby she's clan. smoking cigarettes while pregnant, which cracked me up. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the 1900s, bro. I'm sure I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of uh, yeah. You know, uh, what is what is Arthur Arthur taking all the time as his medicine? Uh, opium. Opium. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of opium being done uh, on pregnancies as well. But yeah. Uh, so Ada's pregnant. Polly. Polly senses it. She tells Tommy. Tommy goes nuts. Goes to the movie theater where Ada is. Uh, wants to know who the father is. Basically clears out the. This just shows the power of Tommy. Clears out the entire movie theater in the middle of this like feature film because he just run, he runs Birmingham so. When he snaps his fingers, everybody goes running, uh, which I, I thought was a cool scene. And, uh, you know, she won't tell him, and Tommy basically just gives her a look, and then she she just cracks and goes, Freddy fucking Thorn, uh, yeah. which is uh, a great line. So yeah. um, he's going to have to deal. He's going to be dealing with Freddy at some point. Uh, the episode also introduces Billy Kimber, who's he's running the rival gang um, and owns – I think the third largest legalized uh, horse horse betting yes. um, operation. So, which is is key towards the end of the season. Um, within this episode, there's a, you meet the, another rival gang, the Lees, the Lee family. Um, yes. So there's infighting between all three of these groups. So, so the, the Lees are are another family of gypsies. Yes. And so they go to meet them at the carnival, which the Lees kind of run, and. Um, it's basically Tommy does a coin flip of the um, the the family car his the Shelby family car versus the Lee's horse and they they flip a coin and Arthur says something and the Lee's kind of like chuckle at it and John uh, Shelby is like are you laughing at my brother and then the Peaky Blinders who got the razor blades in the bim of their brim of their hats just start going nuts and just start beating up the Lees and slicing them up and stuff. Oh yeah. So so that kind of like starts a rift between the Lees and, and the Shelbys, even though they're both gypsies. Uh, another thing I wrote down, a couple other things. One was there's a scene um, between Polly and Ada after Ada reveals that she's pregnant, where Polly admits that she got a uh, abortion when she was 16. Not only did she get abortion, she did it herself. And that just kind of like, again, just sets the tone of like, these gypsies are crazy. Right. This woman is just like gritty and crazy. And like, it's just like, holy crap, lady. Like you gave, did an abortion own, on yourself she, she at age 16. She gave herself her own plan B. Um, yeah. Um, but that's all. That's really all, all I had. Um, yeah. So the. Um, and, and meanwhile, throughout... Tommy's trying to set up like something against the Lees, against Billy Kimber, against yeah, you, Inspector Campbell. Plan, he doesn't. He doesn't suspect that... Yeah. To, like Tommy's master plan, it's not yeah. coming into vision yet for the audience. But you can see that he has. He he knows what he wants to do. Um, you know, throughout the episode, Grace. You know, little by little, she starts to 
make an impression and start to get noticed by Tommy and get more involved since that, you know, basically her, her job is to basically find the guns and bring down, um, you know, yeah. bring down the show. Infiltrate the Peaky Blinders That's and, right. try, and try um, and figure out where the guns are. And so the episode ends with Billy, Billy Kimber and his, his crew show up at the, uh, they show up at, uh, show up at the Shelby pub and, um, you know, it looks like a whole war is going to break out. But Tommy's able to convince him that it's actually the Lee family that they both need to be worried about, and they should start a partnership. Because the Lees are the muscle at the races for Billy Kimber. That's right. And he's telling him like, "Hey, they're not doing a good job, basically, and they're stealing from you." Yeah, and so that's so that's episode two now. So now now the Kim, Kimbers fully introduced. You got the Lee family. So now you have the three key gangs that are that are involved in the season. Yep. Uh, any quote quote of the episode? No, other than um, man, you're not you're not doing the writing any justice here. Yeah, no. Um, so part of it was um, the Lees put a um, a hex on Tommy's horse that he won, and so like the the horse's leg went bad, and when a horse's leg goes bad, horses have um, a pump in in their in their hooves where their their hearts aren't strong enough to get the blood through their whole body they need the pump in their hooves so if a horse's leg goes you got to kill the horse so tommy goes he, tommy shoots a horse in the head and he, he starts talking to grace and he and he he tells her he had to put this horse down or whatever and she's like why'd you do that and he said i oh, looked at me he looked at me the wrong way and he says you don't look at tommy shelby the wrong way and uh that's the only i mean that stood out to me but that's other true. than that i mean it, it's not of consequence it was just a good, it was just good writing yeah, i mean that's a good scene too i mean the animal lover that i am i was just i i i get more uh gut-wrenched when animals animals die than i do humans in these shows so that was uh that was a brutal scene for me to watch but uh yeah, yeah for me my uh my my quote or uh the line is uh right before it's either right before or right after the kimber gang comes in uh, you can tell Tommy's starting to uh, take a shine to Grace, and uh, you know she's she's playing that to her advantage to do her job. And she goes, she goes, I warn you, I'll break your heart. And like, and Tommy just pauses for a second and just calmly says, "Already broken." Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah great, great, great scene. And uh, Killian just he he kills it as Tommy Shelby. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. So good. Yeah, agreed. Um, that's episode two. Episode three. Ada, Ada, and Freddie, Freddie Fulkingthorn. I'm gonna say that so much here because uh, <laughs> it's just hilarious how she said it. Uh, they get married, so uh, you know he's doing the right with thing Tommy's by Tommy's blessing. Yeah, with Tommy's blessing. So, so he's doing the right thing by Ada and getting married to her. Yep. Um, so, and again, this is this again is start. This episode continues to move the plot line of Tommy trying to convince the. The Kimber, the Kimber, Kimber gang that the Lees aren't doing their job as security, so they basically stage a security breach at Kimber's, um, Kimber's race, you know, uh, horse racing uh, facility, and just goes crazy, beats the hell, you know, people get the hell beat out of them. Um, I can't remember if they robbed the place at all. I don't think they did. I think they really just started a big scene. Um, and again, Tommy was just sitting there with Kimber saying, I told you, you got to, you know, these leads, you can't trust them. Again, to just fully solidify the the relationship that he wants with Kimber to get close to him. Um, he brings he brings Grace along with him because he just knows that Kimber, Kimber eyes himself to be a ladies' man. So having Grace will keep him distracted and play to Tommy's advantage. 
uh, Kimber, in exchange for making a deal with Tommy, he wants a couple hours alone with Grace, which he uh, which he agrees to. And then Tommy, you know, being being the good guy that he really truly is at heart, um, he he you know, will say rescues her from his clutches. Uh, and uh, again, that's you know the the stage has been set now where Kimber fully tr- is, you know fully fully putting his trust in uh, in the Shelbys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So basically. Lee's out, Shelby's in. There was this whole big like basically there was like a almost like a ball that Tommy like infiltrated with Grace and and Grace caught Kimber's eye, like Drew said, and, and Kimber got alone time with Grace. Um and, and Grace got all mad at Tommy. This is my probably my favorite line from this episode. And she's like and she's Irish. She's like and she's like, Tommy, what are you fashion me as a whore? And he and he's like, "Wow, whores, Grace. We just sell different parts of ourselves." That's that is that is one of my quotes of the episode too. It's awesome. Yeah. So then, line. so so then, basically, Kimber's forcing himself on Grace, and Tommy, who should be waiting out in the car, um, burst in and is like, "He's like, Billy, listen, uh, call it my better nature." He's like, "Whatever." He's like, "Whatever, you know, what do you want to call it?" He's like, "I can't let you go through with it." He goes. Uh, she looks good on the outside, but she's got the clap. And yeah. that is my Syphilis. second second quote yeah. for the episode. So yeah. So by the way, your uh, I don't know what you would call that, but I'm just gonna call it your gypsy accent is way better than whatever bullshit Santa Claus accent you came in with uh, <laughs> at the start of the pod. Much much better. Yeah, the gypsies, brother. So uh, so uh, now you're yeah, now you're so, now you're doing what's his name from Lost. So you went a little, good you got a little too. Uh, what was who's the who's the guy Desmond, who's brother man Desmond brother. Yeah, now you're getting Desmond. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah so you got Tom, too cocky. Shelby. Yeah, so he uh, so he comes in and rescues Grace at the end and and uh, and Tommy, Grace, not oh. Desmond from Lost, which could be possible with time travel. But oh, yeah, dig- could be exactly. I digress. Let's not even get into that. That's not really a good show. Would have They could have just showed up in 1919 Britain. I agree. Anywho, right, so, so that's, that's the end of episode three. There's only six episodes, everyone. So we're yeah, getting so we're through gonna get through. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, it's through. Not, yeah, it's not that. That's why we're getting a little more into it. But episode four is probably the critical episode. So it's probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, it starts out with John Boy's finally really making his mark in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, I don't know if they say what happened to his. Was he? I don't know if he was married or he just he had, was married. His 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 wife died. I forget of yes, what, but okay. he's stuck with. Four kids, I think, by himself, and yeah, he's obviously he, like he's he's got he's got gang, that he's so. got that jo uh, fast swimmer disease. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, so yeah, so he's looking. He he can't. You know, he's just struggling taking care of the kids on his own. So, he's looking for a mom, and he wants to date or he wants to marry, which I am assuming is his current girlfriend, Lizzie, who is, for lack of a better word, a prostitute in Birmingham, England. So yes. As well, soon as as soon as he tells everybody, because everything's done by, um, I guess family a quorum, decision. which is called a yeah. quorum, a family quorum. Yeah, they all look at him and say, "You're out of your effing mind if you think you're married a whore, bro." Um, and he basically is like, "If anyone calls her that again, I'm gonna kill you." Um, so it's a pretty it's a pretty funny exchange because like his he's just so dead serious that he's this woman has changed for him and she doesn't do that stuff anymore and they're gonna get married. Five seconds later, Tommy is in a car with this <laughs> with this woman, basically uh, recanting how like he had just spent the night with her not too long ago, and basically offers her like five pounds to uh, 
you know, to uh, I think it was get, eight pounds, but yeah, was it eight pounds? Yeah, to get in the sheets again, which she is gonna happily take. So basically, proving his point that it's not there. So that's how that's how the episode um, starts. We have um, the Lees rob the Shelby's house uh, while a lot of this stuff is going on. So they rob they rob the house, and like we said in the beginning, the house is ba- in the back of the house is where they run the um, you know the gambling racket and. They left wire cutters, and they're trying to think why they would leave wire cutters. And then they go back to it's basically, um, you know, in a, World War One. Yeah. Basically, when they would infiltrate enemy spaces, they would booby trap it with grenades and wires. So, as a joke, a sick joke, they would leave wire cutters to mess with them. Um, and so the Lees, Tommy's like the Lees were in France, and he's like, uh, you know they know the joke you know so they so then all of a sudden they're like oh crap like there's a bond there's a a uh, grenade in here and they're like no we would have tripped it by now and tommy's and they had already sent a bullet over with tommy's name on it and he's like no they want me specifically so then tommy realized that they booby trapped the company car which the youngest brother who's about 10 is in there finn. uh finn and tommy gets him out like actually Finn does trigger the grenade in the family car, and Tommy grabs it and throws it. Everybody is okay and all that, but um, the message—the message has been sent. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, Grace starts asking more and more questions about the family business to Arthur. She, she sees Arthur as the easy target, so she starts to try to get information out of him. Um, and then somehow, Tommy, who's you know. Usually, you know, again, he's he's good at reading people and knowing when he's being trapped. I guess he's just just so infatuated with Grace's beauty that he just doesn't see it. But he actually ends up offering her the job of bookkeeper, which, if you're running an illegal business, that's a pretty pretty critical job. You need to have someone trustworthy to uh, to be doing. So so she's about to become the bookkeeper for Shelby Shelby Company Limited. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, basically, where the uh, where we end up in this episode um, is that Tommy, after this whole like grenade episode, Tommy's like, okay, you know what? He's like, we need the Lees on our side, and so we need to flip this so that we could tackle Kimber, who's like the real target, and we could take over Kimber. Um, do you now? Do you do you think that was his end game the whole time to strike? Eventually, find a way to strike a, yeah. an alliance with the Lees. Uh, I think so. Yeah, just to get just to keep getting bigger. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so they they arrange a marriage with with John Boy and one of the Lees. Um, so now they have fully. Yeah. So basically, to end the war between the two clans, they do a betrothal, and and John and it's John and who was looking for a wife, and he John doesn't Boy. even know he's going to his own wedding, and he's like, no, no, he like starts getting all pissed, and they're like, John, you got to do this for peace, and uh, he and the girl that he's getting married to is a cute girl, Esme, and. Um, yeah, they get married, and um, that's so now. Now, now, Kimber doesn't know. Kimber still thinks the Lees and, and the Peaky Blinders are are enemies, but now, on the low key, they are united against him. So that's right. Um, and then the episode ends. It's the post wedding, which is weird. I guess it's the post wedding party. I guess he's having his bachelor party after he's already married because it was a surprise shotgun wedding. Um, Ada's actually going into labor, so Tommy calls a truce. Yeah, she says, got drunk at the wedding, even though she's pregnant, and she danced so hard she threw herself into 
into uh, labor. Right. So Tommy Tommy calls for Freddie. He says it's okay to come to the house. Um, so he's there. He's on his way. The baby's born. As he gets there, he then gets arrested because he's a known communist. Um, and everybody, of course, thinks that Tommy set him up. Um, but lo and behold... As we all audience, know that it was Grace. The, yeah, the, the audience. Obviously, we know Grace. You know, Grace gave the, the information yeah. to Campbell and set up the arrest. Yeah. Yep. So that leads us into episode five. Do you have any? I actually, this was. I was. I was. Oh, the only thing that actually that made me laugh in that episode was Ada is questioning because Freddie, Freddie Thorne, the communist, is like sending all of his money to like other communist groups around the world. And she's sending out all kinds of money. And she's like, we're living in this dump. And you're sending all this money to all these other communist groups. She's like, who are you loyal to? And and he's he's taking a bath, like in one of those old school like Tubs. metal bath things. And she just walks over and sticks her hand under the water and starts stroking him. And she's like, who are you loyal to, Freddie? Who are you loyal to? And that, that just made me laugh. That's a, that's a solid scene. Now And now those bathtubs are like in again. Oh, really? Yeah, if you ever watch, that's basically every uh, everyone's like dream bathroom now on HGTV is one of these old school <laughs> one of these old school soaking tubs. It's insane. I don't yeah. I don't even know that I don't even know how often people even take baths that they would be like I need to have this soaker tub in my bathroom. <laughs> but it's every every HGTV show they're getting soaker tubs. Oh my god! So it's pretty me. I'd rather have like a you know like a rainforest like shower like nine shower heads like pouring down for me. But I hear you. I di- I digress. Uh, Season f- or episode five uh, starts out. Arthur ends up running in in an underground fight club. Runs into his father, Arthur Senior, uh, who's actually played by any Son of Anarchy fans. Uh, is played by the actor who plays Chibs in SOA. You know, we're not. If we were a legit or a legit uh, podcast with uh, people doing research for you, I'd have his name. But like I said, since we're for the everyman, I'm just going to refer to him as Chibs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know he, he you find out that basically he left the shelby um you know the the boys about a decade ago and like i said he's polly's brother so that's that's the side of the the family that polly is uh kind of comes into the fold um you know tommy basically says get lost when arthur brings brings the father back arthur who again he's he's suffering the most out of the shelby brothers from ptsd he wants to um you know, he wants to rekindle the relationship with his father and actually ends up giving him about 500, uh, 500 pounds to start up uh, the Shelby family casino, which I think isn't it there. Atlantic he, City. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's a it's Atlantic City. So, um, yeah. So that's that's that one storyline that's going on. Uh, the IRA comes into the fold in this episode and they want they I, they they found out that the, the Shelby Shelby Shelby's have the guns. Um Basically, they want to know. take the guns back to Belfast and continue their war for, you know, I guess Irish independence, I guess. But. That's right. Um, so he's, you know, so the co- I guess the cops, the cops are involved. The, the, the cops that are working with the Shelby, uh, with, with Tommy, they're going to take, they want to take the lead IRA um, guy, host- not hostage, but, you know, take him in to use him as leverage. Um, so they're going to set up a meet where the two IRA reps are going to meet with Tommy. Tommy's going to give them the location of the guns and then the cops are going to come in, you know, right before things, things turn South to, to go ahead and take them. Uh, obviously, you know, or because of that, Tommy, Tommy finds out from them that the IRA plan basically plans to kill him as, you know, as soon as they give up, he gives up the location of the guns, which at this point we don't know where they are. 
but Tommy basically gives the hint, the clue when he he when he gives them the address. He's like, "You're gonna need a shovel." So clearly, they've now buried the gun somewhere. Um, he Grace is the only Grace is still in the bar when Tommy gets there and basically tells her to go hide with the gun and if things go south to to come out and basically just hold off the IRA from killing him. Um, Grace does the complete opposite and ends up killing the uh, the IRA agents uh, before they can get the you know the drop on on Tommy. Um, and you find out you know Grace meets with Campbell after this whole thing goes on and basically says that she wants out. Um, you know she can't she can't do the the undercover agent thing anymore. He's basically like yeah no go. And she's like well what if I give up what if I give up the location of the guns. Um, and so now he's obviously intrigued, and um, you find out too. So two things that end the episode: Arthur Senior takes the money. He's about to jet. Arthur Junior finds him as he's on his way um, to catch a train, and he basically says, "How could you do this to me?" And he's just like, "It's just my nature." So he takes off with Arthur's Arthur's money, and then Grace Grace tells uh, Inspector Campbell that she believes that they buried the guns in Danny's grave because there was a there was it was basically a funeral that only the brothers attended. Yeah, so exactly. So the guns are buried as she rightly suspects the guns are buried in Danny Wisbang's grave. Um so that that's why I wanted to bring Danny Wisbang up. Um Um yeah, I think you pretty much got it. Um one thing is Tommy oh, marks a black star in his in in his um calendar and Grace is the only one that sees it and that's the day that Tommy has marked out to take take out Billy Kimber. Um, which that plays an episode uh, that that plays a part in the final episode, but um, yeah, and I did miss two. Sorry, I, I thought this was episode six. I messed up my uh, my ordering here. Uh, after they recover the guns, uh, Campbell tells Grace she's free to go. You know, she can she can feel that she's avenged her father who was killed by the IRA. And after she's like, okay, I'm out, right? And he goes, yeah. Uh, it, obviously, Campbell's had a thing for her this whole time and asked her to marry him. And she basically just says, no go, bro. And he realizes it's because she's fallen for Thomas. So he goes against his word. And now that he has the guns, he's going to he's gonna arrest uh, Tommy Shelby. So she gets to him in time, warns him. As the cops are about to you know, hit the bar, they sneak out and get back to her place where uh, Tommy gets a shag on for the first time with Grace. Um, and then after, after Arthur is... Betrayed by his father, he attempts to kill himself and fails. Yeah, no, good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, Arthur Arthur tries to hang himself, and the the rope snaps. The so. rope snaps. So, yeah. uh, and that's how five ends. Any you you have any any noto- notable uh, quotes? No, in this I didn't. One? I didn't have any in this one. But um, no, good good synopsis. It's it, things are just things are just really coming to a boil here. It's yeah. the, it it's it's honestly kind of like really upbeat at the end of this, and it's like, is this the end of the season? Because Basically, um, um, they, um, what, I forget why it's so upbeat at the end, but I just remember thinking, like, why is this, why is this so, like, happy at the end? Is it up at episode five? Yeah. I mean, he's, unless he's, like, you're, unless, around the bar and unless you were just excited for the partial BBC sex scene, I mean, I guess that would get you kind of revved up, um. But I mean, that, Arthur. That, Arthur hangs says. him. Arthur hangs himself. I don't think you know after the. I don't think you know that it technically no, failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do because then he says, "Oh, I, I, I developed Shelby Brothers Limited. A third for me, a third for you, and a third for John." 
and 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 he like tells Arthur like it's all good like we're legitimate now we're gonna make a bunch of money, and then he's like bopping around like the garrison the bar and is all like happy about it. I I think that's the start of six, bro. No, no, I wrote it down. All right, anyway, all right. it don't matter. Anyway, my my I actually one of my favorite quotes of the series actually happened in this episode when Arthur Arthur basically asks his father why did you do this to me and uh, Chibs goes. Do not despise the thief who looks to satisfy his starvation. Yeah, he I said that, that was a quote in the Bible. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I dig that quote because it's basically like, hey, you, you know who I am, man. Don't get mad at me because I was just myself. So yeah. I, I dug that. Um, yeah. All right, so episode six, we're, we're in the season finale. Like we said, it's only six episodes, hour long, so it's really easy to kind of really bang these out like a screen door in a hurricane. Yeah, bang out this episode six. I'm, I'm, I'm fading, bro. Oh, yeah, so... You know, basically the whole thing, it's 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 time to go. Tommy starts rounding up the troops. He's like, Today's the day. You know, we're taking we're over take the Kimber. Kimber at the races. Yeah. We're the taking over the Kimber. Their way. Yeah, we're taking over the Kimbers. The Lees are coming. We're going now. Uh awesome scene where the Shelby gang, they're all together walking through the streets of Birmingham. They enter the pub where I wrote down it was pretty uh it was pretty funny. He basically tells everybody one one pint one pint and uh one chaser and that's it, because everyone's gotta have their wits about them. Yeah. Um, somebody ratted on the Shelby's. They get word that the Kimbers are actually on their way. The cops are letting them through the border, and the Lees aren't going to get there in time. So the, the Shelby's are going to have to take. The care Lees of their... are on the way to the races to overthrow the races. That's where yes, the Lees are yeah. Heading. And yeah. there's yeah, so there's no way for them to basically there's get, no way for them to get to get to, to Birmingham. Birmingham. Um, so Polly, obviously Polly, who is just the all be all end all and knows everything from her gypsy blood, she tells Tommy it's time to wake up and smell the flowers and stop thinking with the wrong head. It was you know Grace. Grace is the rat. She's the one who told the Kimbers the plan. Um, you know, so Polly thinks it's her. It actually ended up. I, I think it ended up being the bartender, right? They because the, the cops basically you know pressured oh, I him. I thought it was Grace, but I don't know. I know it was because at that point now she was. Part all Tommy the bar they they threaten or Campbell threatens the bartender uh, oh, okay and he ends up giving the plan because he's in the bar and that's where they do all a lot of their business um so it's gonna be a showdown basically Tommy and those guys are like we're gonna you know everyone get together we're gonna have to we're gonna have to nut up and take these guys out ourselves even though they're outgunned um so there's a big square big big showdown between the Kimbers and the Shelbys in the middle of Birmingham. And they're all kind of talking trash, and then out of nowhere, Freddie fucking Thorn shows up with this one of the. I guess I guess somehow he got his hands on one of the stolen arms. Yeah, um, they, they, they did, there was one gun they didn't bury. That's there, right. So, so it's he, just has, this... he has one machine gun, which basically now the Peaky Blinders outgun the Kimbers yeah. now. So that one gun, <laughs> you figure he's going to take out the Kimbers, and then. For some reason, Ada decides to go into the middle of the street with her baby as if, I guess she figures these gangsters would, you know, not fire on each other because out of some sense of honor, she's yeah, basically exactly. telling them to stop stupid. fighting. Uh, Billy Kimber fi- actually go- has it fires and he tries to kill Tommy. He only Shoots gives him, him a the chest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it a chest? I thought he got him in the shoulder, but probably the same thing. Um, yeah. And he doesn't kill Tommy, so you know if you're gonna aim for the king, you best not miss. And Tommy just gets up and shoots him right square between the eyes. Billy Kimber's dead. Tommy claims claims the rights to all the business, and um, you know they you know they have now successfully taken taken over 
the Kimber race, you know, or racehorse racket, which would make, yep. which now makes the Shelby's, you know, the owners of the third largest, uh, horse racing, ra- legalized horse racing racket in the world. Yep. Um, you know, there's some big, you know, you know, Grace basically is getting out of town. Polly tells her to go because somebody, you know, somebody, she may end up dead. She, she, the, the season ends with her. Tommy basically writing write, is writing a letter to her saying that if she wants him meet meet in London in three days, she's getting on a train. Uh, it ends with Campbell showing up at the train station, holding her at gunpoint, and a gunshot goes off and it fades to black, Scott Gimple style. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's that's like, it's like a really crazy ending after, after like the big crescendo of the fight and the and their, the peakies are all celebrating that, that they you know got this big legalized business and then Grace presumably gets shot um, and it fades to black so that's kind of like a what the heck really want you more Le- leaves you wanting more um, some other things in the episode um, because Campbell was so distraught after Grace rebuffed him it actually starts out where he goes to Chinatown to sleep with a prostitute. And the prostitute tells him, this was my favorite line of, of episode six. And, she, and she's like, oh, we'll clean and press your shirt while we do this. And he's like, ah, oh, an efficient service. <laughs> that just uh, made me laugh only, so much. If only that was real life. Yeah, so, um, no, but, uh, yeah, he takes out Kimber. Um, and um, I think that's about it. Yeah, they, they, yeah my... so the Peaky Blinders have successfully. Oh, oh, so Danny Wizbang gets shot after Tommy gets shot. Danny oh, Wizbang yeah. charges the Kimbers, and and Kimber shoots Danny Wizbang in the stomach and kills him. So when they after they win, they they're toasting Danny Wizbang's dead body, and they're like, "To Danny Wizbang, may we all die twice." Yeah, yeah that was another my, good line. My my favorite line came in the showdown from my boy Johnny John Boy, who just goes. Because basically the the whole theme is the Shelby's are outnumbered, but they're 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 all they're all like you know um, weather you know war vets, and the Kimbers are just guys in suits with guns. And John Boy goes, "All guns and no balls, right, Billy Boy?" Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I wrote that down too. Yeah, That's a good love, one. I love that line. So um, uh, yeah, the only other thing is is um, I. It, it, this sets up further seasons, but he's like, oh, the, he's like, we're the third largest. We're on, the only ones bigger than us are the Sabinis and the Solomons, which they're they're big players later on in other seasons. So that was that was interesting. I, I had forgotten that they had mentioned them, but yeah, yeah, man. Um, so that that was that was season one. It's a lot of the, fun. Yeah. The other thing I'll say, what I really like about the show, um, I dig the the intro music is great and for anyone that doesn't know the song that i played at the beginning that is basically the main theme throughout the series uh it's called red right hand it's by uh nick cave and the bad bad well i can't read my handwriting Jeez, my um my catholic school yeah i just looked nick cave yeah oh the bad seeds i'm sorry sorry my my catholic school teachers would be embarrassed by my penmanship um I really like how they don't have like you know a lot of shows have like an actual like montage intro with the song. They just play that song as like the first scene starts to unfold, which like is really unusual, but it's really cool and like it really works because a lot of times it's like you know Tommy or anyone in the family they're just walking through Birmingham with that sick song. So um, that's yeah. one of my favorite favorite parts of the show. Um, we'll wrap it with this. Who's your who's your favorite character in season one? Oh, should we I, take Tommy? Let's take Tommy off the table because I mean Tommy's just a given that everyone's gonna love Tommy. Yeah, um, I will say Arthur. 
Arthur. Okay, he's. I mean, he he's probably the biggest fan favorite. I think. Uh, yeah. For me, say I'm. I, I you probably know mine, but uh, I'm going John Boy. I don't know why. I was I was Team John Boy from from day one. Yeah, he's so cool. Yeah, I like him. I just yeah, I just I just like him. So uh, so I think that that wraps season one. Um, yeah, if you guys, if there's anything you guys want us to cover as we talk about season two things, um, you know, I know uh, we got an email from our one our one uh, faithful listener Teddy who uh, <laughs> said we should keep track of how many cigarettes and uh, whiskeys they uh, smoke and drink throughout the show. That's a little hard for us to do the way we're watching them, but maybe we'll do something fun with that uh, throughout the seasons. But any any ideas you guys have, you know, email. Uh, email us and we'll certainly go through them yeah and that went this this went a little bit long i was surprised but we'll uh we'll we'll get it we'll get it down for the next i mean it's we're recapping the season this is a good uh this is a great show oh yeah i mean if you're into it yeah this is is the show for you we'll end it the way we started it heck yeah bro all right let's crack this second beer open uh here, two two brew salute right here. Oh yeah, sprayed the face every time. Um, I'm I'm drinking a Bush Light, a Bush Latte. I haven't had Bush since in college, but the O. Uh, I was to say, what, Betcha, are you, what are you sixteen? Where do you even find that? At every beer distributor, but it's dude the OU Betcha Pod. He's he's every time he drinks it. Here we go. Oh my God, that's cold. Um, no, I wanted to go with a light beer after crushing this. Did you, did you get so, laughed at after you like purchased that? Did I what? Did you get laughed at like at the cashier register? No, dude, it's good. I just had a sip. It's really good. I got all a right, thirty pack. Well, I'm gonna have to slam them. This is like water. It's fantastic. All right, all right what are you drinking? I I'm gonna process that somehow. Um, let's see. Let's why don't we let's let's bring Steve back in. Steve still Steve still on the line here. Let's let's uh let's throw him in. Get him on his second beer. And I have to say that I'm I'm very much interested in Peaky Blinders. Uh, That's good, man. Yes. It's, it is, a lot of spoiler, show. but I think I will enjoy every bit of it. If I'll I tell you what, it's, it. like I said, it's it's six. It's only six episodes, so like I don't know. season two for next week. Yeah, I mean you can you can easily get through these. Um, you know, I mean if you I don't know what you do on the week. I know you guys have kids. I'm still living that somewhat bachelor life, kid free with just my dog and. I guess my wife, but uh, neither in or there. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I, I easily can wake up at, like, you know, I'll wake up at, like, 7 on the weekend when I have to take the dog out, and then I'll crush, like, three hours of TV with my, like, morning coffee. So, like, I think I finished, I think I, th- I think I finished the whole series um, that's out to date in, like, two and a half weeks. Um, it goes by quick, because, again, it's only six episodes, so um, it's good. What's your, what are, you, what are you sipping on now? You got same thing, or did you switch it up? I did switch it up. I went to Trogues, and oh. uh, I have the Double Blizzard IPA. Oh. So you guys threw out the, you brought it up earlier, and I was yeah, like, oh my yeah. god, I, I actually have that. So it's the Double Blizzard. It's wow. a, uh, it's a good one. It's 8.3% alcohol by volume. Yeah, I'm nice. I'm uh, a get- I, I I don't venture I don't I don't I don't like to mix the beers on the show so I usually go with the, the same the same two for as I go through so I'm I'm doing my second uh, top or top and Goliath Sudasu which these nice. are gonna really kick my ass tomorrow so yeah exactly that's what, why I went with light okay um so let's we'll we'll try and be quick here now but um you know starting off with um Errol Spence versus Danny, Danny Garcia. Garcia Errol Spence first fight first fight back since being in, in the car wreck um he won by unanimous decision 
Um, Gee, who called who who called this fight basically round by round before it even wait, happened? Wait, yeah, you basically did, and, and I agreed with you. And it was it was we it was kind of easy to call. So he he wasn't able to to put him down or anything, but um, what what it was was I thought Garcia you could have called it Garcia won four rounds. Um, That's being generous. which is what uh, actually some of the judges had. Drew said two rounds, as well as Teddy Atlas said two rounds for Garcia. Yeah, and I, Spence Spence carried the fight, dominated the fight. What yeah. we all expected. Yeah, and I mean, I thought, yeah, it, it had, just the way I thought it would be. Like Spence just came out, he controlled it with the jab. Uh, we actually did find an illegal free stream, so we got to watch it. Uh, oh yeah, on, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, we got a, to watch some it. Some dude on Twitter. Twitter was like Twitter Live or whatever yeah, that is. I, and, uh, the morning of, I basically uh, drinking my coffee, uh, told my dog not to let me order that thing at night, but. Uh, yeah, I mean Spence controlled the fight. Um, Garcia, look, Garcia did land some really good shots to where I, I got. A, I wasn't worried, but I was like, man, Spence better be careful that he doesn't get caught with one of those that lucky right one. hands. Um, you know, the one, the only reason, the only way I can see that, I think most of the scores were one sixteen, one twelve. Um, the only way some of those extra two rounds go to Garcia is because, and we talked about this with some some guys on our Twitter feed, Jo. You know, at the for whatever reason, the last 15, 10 to fifteen seconds of each round, like Spence basically was like, yeah, he just kind of like took. He just kind of was like, yeah, whatever. And Garcia kind of landed like, a couple at the end of those yeah, rounds. Yeah, he, he'd hit, and him. that's exactly why I had him for four because I thought a couple of those rounds were semi even, and then at the end, Garcia would tag him with like a couple combos, and, and Spence would just yeah, kind of be I, like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I wasn't there. <laughs> I I thought that Garcia, or I thought Spence just controlled, just controlled the rounds too much to where. Even that late, like that late push that can like swing rounds. I just, I yeah. didn't think it was enough. If it was, maybe, think it was maybe, enough. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, uh, uh, that's certainly yeah. so nothing for me big, to debate. I mean, the big thing now is, is Spence, is Spence going to man up? And, you know, maybe it's unfair for me to say that because you don't know what goes on in, in, in the boxing politics. But everybody wants to see Spence, Spence Crawford. You know, Bud's, Bud's our guy. We talked about him before. Mm-hmm. He's the number one pound for pound. He's our, he's number one on our pound for pound list. Mm-hmm. Spence is number two on mine. Um, it has to happen, you know. I, I want to, you know. We got to see it. Both of these guys have been throwing Pacquiao out. We've gone. I won't go into it. How sick I am of the Pacquiao stuff with these guys. Um, I hope Top Rank and PBC can get it done. Otherwise, we're gonna have to wait until the end of October 2021 when Crawford's uh, deal with Top Rank expires, and then he'll probably jump over to PBC, which to my mind's too late. Uh, Bud's 33. He's already kind of getting up there. Spence is only 27. Let's get the fight, make it happen. The only the only way we I don't want to see that fight is I would not mind seeing Porter, Sean Porter, who is also a favorite of ours. He gets to fight when he's a mandatory for the belt. So um, if he got a shot at one of these guys first as like a, a prelude to their fight, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, so that's all we're getting to that. I'll say Spence Spence stays at number two. I don't think he you know I don't think he impressed me enough to go ahead of Crawford on the num- the number one pound for pound. Yeah, uh, but that's anyway. A, I'm excited for this upcoming weekend. Oh yeah, there's. This, I've been I've been waiting for this for, for this weekend for a while. So we got not to steal your thunder, but yeah, um, go ahead. No, I got I got a half a chub just because I've been so excited for this mm, thing. I um, got the other half. We yeah we got uh we got Anthony Joshua. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he is the IB IBO. Oh no, wait, I IBF WBO and pseudo Sue's hitting you, bro. Uh he. I'll say this: Tyson Fury is the WBC champion, heavyweight Joshua's champion. Anthony Joshua has the other three belts, so take that for what it is. Um, yeah, he's he's fighting for the first time since he regained the titles against Andy Ruiz and Joshua Ruiz two last December in Saudi Arabia. 
Um, he's fighting. He's fighting. Uh, Kulev. He's fighting Kulev. Kulev. Is this, this going to be a good fight? I think it's going to be a good fight because honestly, I just don't know how good a fighter Anthony Joshua is. A lot of his wins were against guys that he should be to where just his raw power, he just was knocking these guys out. His best fight was against Vladimir Klitschko, who was, I mean, he was on the downturn at that point when they fought, I think, two years ago in uh, Wembley. Uh, Klitschko had lost to Fury, um, so that ended his reign as as the, unif- as the undisputed champion. Fury, obviously, we all know, I think, you know, he went into depression, forfeited all the belts, and then this was basically the fight to get three of them. Um, and Joshua, Joshua got to beat him in stoppage, I think, in the eighth round. So... You know, Joshua, he's he's the big deal. He's the big scene and the the, the poster boy for the heavyweights. Because, you know, it's been, yeah. well, we can say what it is. He's, he's this, like, buff, good-looking dude, so he's easily marketable. British guy. He's, he's got that guy. swanky, like, British accent, man. Like, my God, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I had that accent, it'd be over. Anyway, um, so this is going to be in yeah. in Britain, right? So it's going to yeah, be a it's midday yeah. I mean, it's close, fight it's close on Saturday. Um, Pulev's 28-1. He's, his only loss is to Klitschko back in 2015. So, like, Klitschko was, you know, he, he wasn't on the downturn yet. He was starting to get there. I just don't know how good Anthony Joshua is, man. Like, I, I this fight will tell me a lot about him. Um, I think he's going to win by decision. I think he's going to fight this ma- this fight similar to Ruiz, too. Just he's, jab it out. He's going to use the jab. Yeah. He's not going to, you know. Win, he's not win the win. rounds and not take risks. Yeah, he's not going to try to mix it up in there too much. Um but again, I, I think I think Pulev I think is dangerous, um, and if Joshua tries to prove, like if he tries to put on a little bit of a show to kind of set up the stage uh, for the Fury fight in uh, in the he spring, he can't do that. He's like you said, he'll he'll just jab. Yeah, it out I I do safe. think that's what he's gonna do. So um, so this fight is on uh, Dazen or Dazen. Yeah, it's um. for it's it's Dazone. Um, <laughs> we were joking. It's it's the it's the one year. I think the other day was the one year anniversary of you. Saying that incorrectly is Dazen, and then you have me saying it like that because I hear it so yeah. often. So, so, but yeah, it's on, it's on, on the Saturday. And on the way Dazen. to zone, if anybody wants to see this fight, like you pay 20 bucks and you get like you, you basically get it for the month, um, or you can just subscribe for the year. I would, I actually, I recommend everybody just subscribe for the month because Josh was fighting this week, uh, Gigi's fighting next week, next Friday night, Canelo, who's obviously you know big time, he's fighting Saturday night. And then you have Luke Campbell versus Ryan Garcia, the Wait, first on the on first. What week Saturday night is Canelo fighting? Yeah. So you, what's that? What Saturday is Canelo fighting? Next week. So G, you're getting GG Friday. Not this Friday. week. The yeah, following week. You're getting GG Friday night. GGG Friday night. Triple G. And then you're getting Canelo on Saturday. Oh shoot, night. that's good. Yeah, and that's going to be a great fight. We'll talk about yeah. that next week. Um, yeah. So pay the twenty bucks for the month. You spend twenty bucks on dumber things. Watch all four of these fights. I'm yeah. excited. I'm going to say Joshua. I think Joshua wins unanimous decision, 12 rounds. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm more excited on ESPN. We got free fights. Free ESPN, fights. ESPN, Saturday night. Um, there's a three-fight three, three fight card uh, starting at 10 o'clock. One of um, the guy that we brought up last time, and excuse me, he was on the undercard of Lomachenko and Lopez was Berlanga. Last week I said he was 14 and 0 because that's what he have, has on his Twitter, but on the Instagram he correctly has he's 15 and 0. 15 first round knockouts. He's going for 16 first round knockouts in a row. He's fighting some guy called Ulysses Sierra. Sierra. Let's see if he can knock this dude out in the first round. Berlanga, he's he's cool man. He's from he's from Queens. I think he's from Queens. He's from New York. And um 
I'm very much. I can't believe we. He just fought in October. He's gonna fight again in December. I can't believe we get it for free again. I yeah. I got to see what this guy does. I'm very excited about it. The 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 main event um, on this card is Steve. What's that? I was gonna say Newark's own. Yeah, Shakur Stevenson versus what's Khan's name? Uh, his so yeah so sorry yeah sorry his full name is Toka Khan Clary. Yeah, Khan. So it's um, it's honestly he was a fill-in. I'm pretty sure they had, like someone yeah, else the had main, to be. The main he, event, he like got yeah, flexed. The main event in there. for this was actually supposed to be really really awesome. It was going to be Miguel Burchelt, who is the um, that's WBC. right. It was Burkett. He's the yeah, 130 Burkett, yeah. WBC champ. Um, he was going to fight Oscar Valdez. Highly anticipated fight. Uh, Burchelt is just a wrecking machine. A lot of power at 130. He unfortunately uh, he was tested positive for COVID, so they had to postpone. And Valdez didn't want to fight Shakur. Shakur was gonna was was stepping in regardless of who he was fighting. You know, Valdez they're set on having his next match be against Burchell for the belt. So um, you know they had to just kind of throw this thing together. Yeah, it's kind of thrown together. So it sh- should be a whole lot of nothing. Shakur should just dominate this. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a twelve. Once again, like like Shakur Shakur started out. He was the first fight of the bubble, the Vegas bubble for top rank. Um, that was a ten round fight against you know really a nobody. This fight is—it tells you that's how you got to tell. It's only ten rounds, so you know that like they're not taking this that seriously. Yeah. Um, I'd say Shakur stops him with an eight. They stop. I think I think he'll hit him with two body with shots, and they'll—it'll uh, be a ten. Uh, I'm gonna say eighth round stoppage. Yep, I agree. That that sounds about right. Um, so that's all coming up this weekend. Um, more news on the boxing front. Mayweather's coming back to fight Logan Paul, not Jake Ooh. Paul, who was just on. Uh, who just knocked out Nate Robinson, the brother, the other YouTuber. The only reason he's coming back is because it's going to be another $300 million payout. Yep. He has zero risk. Uh, Logan, uh, It's going to be a big audience. We're not going to buy it. No. But, um, even even if Snoop Dogg's even if Snoop Dogg officiates the fight, yeah, I'm it's going to be yeah, exactly. It's going to be it's going to be it's all going to be all about money, no risk, whatever. Well, Don't another care. another rumor is Gavante Tank Davis. He has challenged. He's challenged the brother uh, for the same card. Yeah, to be the undercard fight. Oh, can you to imagine? Fight Jake Paul, oh my which, gosh! If that happens, I'm told I'm going to return my uh, Tank Davis sweatshirt to box, <laughs> to box raw because that's like you're you're not going to fight Lomachenko. It just tells me everything I need to know about you. You're not going to fight Lomachenko or Lopez. You're going to fight this clown. So yeah, um, exactly. So but stupid. yeah, that's and I think that's February 2021. They're trying to set that up. February 2021. Yep. Yep. Um. So I. That, that's what we got in the boxing. Just to round out sports in general um, before we get to the parlay, um, NFL riddled with COVID. They're the only people on, on the planet who get COVID and come back within like five days. I don't know how that's possible, but that's what they're doing. Steelers seem to be pretenders. The Chiefs seem to be the cream of the crop. There's there's like Honestly, it's like the Chiefs and everyone else right now. Um you we'll got to you got to admit anybody, though, the, anybody can get hot at any moment. We'll see. There's 4 weeks to go. It's going to be who's on the covid list, who gets injured and who gets hot. So The uh, the meme the memes list of uh for the Steelers was tremendous this whole week though. The kudos, Steelers have all these injuries the on defense right now. That that doesn't help. So, um their offense is not clicking, but if if the Steelers do click, they do vault into contender like major. They're already a contender, but they can vault into favor status if they start clicking and there's a couple teams like that but anyway they're a long way even though it's only four weeks long way to go there nhl 
Um, there was some some uh, movement with the union and the owners. They are targeting January 13th. There's pro- they're only going to play like 50-some games, but it looks like we are going to get an NHL season, thankfully. So I don't know about fans. Um, that, that part hasn't come out yet. If it has, I haven't read it. Um, so hockey should be within like a month. And the NBA, NBA is back tomorrow for preseason. Yeah, the, the, the preseason NBA is back tomorrow. Which I, the, We started out on episode one talking about the NBA. We're on episode nine. So it was a nine-week off season. so that's wild. Yeah, nothing, nothing to really know. James Harden is still a child and just the typical definition of today's superstar in the league. Uh, although t- it was my, it did tickle me today that the it was trend. The number one trend on Twitter was uh, pandemic P because Paul George, uh, the Clippers signed Paul George to a five-year, two hundred sixty million dollar max deal. So uh, Paul George living up to his reputation uh, got a good trend on on Twitter to. To laugh about in the uh, yeah. in the NBA. So. Yeah. All right. Let's let's close things out with this parlay, brother. Um, last week we sucked again. Two, two weeks in a row. Um, we got the Chanticleers, our, our though, right? The Chanticleers came for us, baby. The Chanticleers came through. They, they, they ranked thirteenth this week. How it was pretty funny how lopsided because that the uh, your Marshall pick was what the third worst Vegas line ever yes. uh, this week. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, this this season, this season oh, in college season. football, no, it was I the third it was like worst upset. I, I thought it was of all time, and I was like, no, 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 no of this season. Pick. So, yeah, um, I didn't do much better. At least the the Titans at least made it a game at the end, but I didn't do much better on that pick. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, but the Chanticleers came through. So I'll right. start off. Um, for I'm going. This week. I'm gonna start. Maybe you know, let me start first, and maybe right, maybe right, maybe, change, maybe we'll get the juju. Yeah, maybe we'll flip first. it out a little bit. Um, I'm gonna go to UCLA. I think it's tomorrow or Saturday. I think it's hoops. Yeah, college hoops. UCLA giving four and a half to Marquette. I'm gonna take UCLA. Giving so they're gonna beat it by Mar- Marquette by more than by five or more. That's right. F Theo John, scumbag. And when when is that? Uh, you go do yours. Let me check it. I think it's tomorrow actually, but I could be wrong. On Friday. I think it's Friday. Yeah. Sorry. We're okay. Recording this on Thursday. So so um for me I'm gonna go. I, I don't know why I'm on this college football thing. I thought we were didn't now didn't we talk about how we were staying away from that this week? I can't I can't quit you. I'm Gosh. on UNC versus Miami. I'm taking the over sixty seven and a half. These teams have been scoring. Miami or North, UNC's had a couple games in the fifty to fifty forties to forties, and I'm expecting more of the same here. Miami's eight and one. UNC's seven and three. And they they've both just been playing high scoring games. I'm taking the over sixty seven, sixty seven and a half. Um, and then so let's bring back Steve. Steve, I know you're not a gambler whatsoever, but um, do you have any thoughts? Not a big gambler. Um, I do watch a lot of ball, but don't don't gamble quite as much. Um, but. That being said, I am actually going to take um, Mizzou, and I'm going to take the 13 points against Georgia. Football? Yeah. Wow, okay. So you think Missouri keeps it close? Uh, yeah, I'm just really doing that with my heart for my uh, my buddy David, and uh, I'd like to see him get... Get a win on the on the spread, not so much. They're on a, a three-game win on... winning streak. They beat Arkansas fifty to forty-eight. They beat Vandy forty-one nothing, and they beat South Carolina seventeen ten. They lost to Florida forty-one seventeen. That was a twenty-four point spread. 
Um, they lost to Tennessee earlier in the year and Alabama early in the year. Um, Drew, did you have anything else? We got uh, well, just to clarify, it's tomorrow night nine thirty at UCLA, the UCLA okay. Marquette game. Uh, I was going to say, Steve, just for a point of reference, we we do not take, we do not put any bets on the Steelers on the road uh, if Mike Tomlin's coaching. So that was Perfect. just a point of reference. Perfect. But uh, uh, the only other game that I liked was um, I liked the Saints getting six and a half or giving six and a half to the Eagles with Jalen Hurts starting his first game. But uh, oh, that's oh really. Yeah, you think the Saints are going to cover that? I do. I mean, dude, it's gonna it's gonna be a bloodbath. But uh, let's go. Really? Let's, see it. let's. Oh yeah, dude, stop. No, it, yeah, it is. What what, make, what makes make, what, what makes you make think the quarterback changes? They tend to rally. I uh, this no, if that's not happening. Um, let's go. With, I like Steve's. Let's 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 roll it. Maybe we need we need we need we need to switch it up to get our to get our juice back. These these two beer pod hats aren't going to buy themselves. We got to start making some money. Yeah, I feel like Georgia's been playing a bunch of close games. Let's see, uh, South Carolina they beat forty five sixteen. Before that, Mississippi State was seven point victory. They lost to Florida. They beat you Kentucky by eleven. Um, yeah, all right. What the heck, Missouri? Missouri's ranked number twenty five right now, five and three. Um, so Missouri to cover at home to cover the. Home dog, home dog, thirteen points. Yep, let's lock it in. Missouri to cover over in UNC, and the UCLA to cover the points versus Marquette. I love it. Lock it up. Okay, y'all. That is the end of this week's two beer pod. Um, this was probably our longest one yet, but it was also one of the most fun ones we, we ever hit had. a we hit a lot of good uh, a lot of good and different uh different topics on this heck one, yeah so. that was a lot of fun i enjoyed uh, the hell out of it thank uh, you for having me yeah man thanks Steve, for uh, thanks for being on thanks for co- contributing with with the jingle it'll be uh on every episode here on out awesome all right fellas well big uh big kisses wait oh hold on drew yeah I yeah, did, I, I, did. I did. I put Jay on the spot before we started this. I told him to stop to think of a better sign off than that corny peace thing that he does. But you, I've been saying peace, and Drew's been saying you. And can't he's been doing it like real weird. I just noticed it last week that he like for some way he for some reason he accentuates the peace, but peace. Yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah, as if you're going through. See puberty. you next time. It's like you're going. It's like you're, it's like you're going through puberty the way you say it. It just. Simba, until like, we meet again. We're, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. <laughs> All right. Later, y'all. Peace. Goodbye. First round, make it count. Toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down. Knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Pod.